Welcome to the KISS FAQ Song Stories. In this series, we'll focus on the histories of some of KISS's best and least known songs. In this episode, Sword and Stone, an unreleased power anthem written in 1986 by Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, and Bruce Kulick. The song was demoed prior to the Crazy Nights recording sessions, but was not used for the album. A couple of versions circulate with a second variation of the song, which sounds rougher and is perhaps an earlier demo, starting off with a more pronounced drum roll and less emphasis on the keyboards. Those keyboards, of course, are prominent on the better quality version that circulates and are a critical part of the song's overall sound and atmosphere. There are only very minor lyrical differences between the two versions. The rougher version is 15 seconds shorter than the more polished version. That said, the difference between the two versions is more likely simply nothing more than selective editing and an earlier fade-out. Bruce told the Kiss Collector fanzine that he recalled coming up with the song's signature riff backstage, probably during the Asylum tour during 1985-86. He also recalled for the 2018 Danger Zone book, quote, I remember coming up with the chords in the dressing room of one of the shows. I'd usually have a guitar room for practice on tour so I could warm up, which is one of the luxuries of being a headliner on an arena tour. I just remember having those chords and I remember recording it and playing it for Paul. Paul liked it and I remember we all jumped in on it and I was pretty happy that Paul responded to the basic chords and that I was able to have a co-write with the two of them. Both of them were so successful in songwriting, so for me it was a blessing, and then we recorded a full-blown demo. Back then, it wasn't a big deal to do something like that at the studio, so we're at Electric Lady Studios doing a demo, so I have a pretty decent cassette copy of it. I know that I offered it to Tommy when he was putting the box set together. Anything I have of Kiss I've shared with them just in case they don't have a good copy of something. But it didn't wind up in the box set, so it hasn't been properly released with the version that Paul sang. So Paul Dean covered it, and I was very proud that it was the first song from his solo record. A German band also covered it for some soundtrack. The song was a Guitar Hero-esque ode to the search for love, and in other words, perfect fodder for the time period in which it was written. Many fans of that era perceived the anthemic song to be one of the stronger creative efforts of the period, and remain aghast at its then and continued exclusion from Kiss releases. There must be some underlying reason for that. As songs were assembled for consideration by producer Ron Nevison for the Crazy Nights album, it was included with other excluded songs such as Dial L for Love, No Mercy, Hide Your Heart, and Time Traveler. About the song's rejection by Ron, Bruce told Kiss Collector, quote, I just felt really bad that Ron Nevison didn't like the song because then it would have been on Crazy Nights, but I couldn't control that. Paul didn't mind as much. I felt pretty bad about that. Ron deadpanned his response when asked about Bruce's comments, saying with a laugh, Yeah, that's probably because he's one of the writers, and writers always think that. Bruce also commented on the song for the Danger Zone book, quote, My bank account was disappointed. I think that Ron didn't love the song that much, and then it was easy to say, Hey, I got it covered by someone else, even though I was not there for any conversation. What I'm sure about is that I had a great idea for a song. Racing with the rise of sun. The die is cast. The music's turning. Something 
just the strong survive. However, there's slightly more to the backstory than that perspective. Desmond Child wasn't too bothered by Kiss not using it either. Writing many songs together with Paul, they couldn't all go on Kiss albums, so some eventually found homes with other artists, and some were intended from the beginning for other artists. It was a practical approach to take in the 1980s, and both principals and Kiss did the same. Gene would have regularly placed his songs with other acts such as Black and Blue or Keel. Looking back across the memory void of the decades, the general explanation of the song's rejection is probably even more simplistic than an appraisal of the producer's personal tastes. However, that certainly did play a part in the process of deciding what material to pursue from the songs that he was presented with for consideration. What is factually known is that in late 1986, the song was included with several songs that Paul has circulated for prospective publishing opportunities with other acts. Plainly put, the song was shopped to other bands, just like Hide Your Heart, and one act nibbled at the prospect. Loverboy, or at least their guitarist Paul Dean, was interested in the song, and Billboard reported that the band was considering the song for their next studio album. While that didn't preclude Kiss from recording the song, combined with it not making Nevison's A-list, it was probably enough for it to be skipped over by Kiss. They had plenty of other material to choose from at the time. Dean had been a member of the Canadian band Streetheart, appearing on their debut album before leaving to form Loverboy. That band opened dates for KISS during their Return of KISS tour for Dynasty in 1979. Ultimately though, they opted not to record the song for the album that became Wild Side in 1987. Dean recalled playing the song for Mike Reno and other band members who couldn't stand it, saying, quote, Get serious. According to Dean, he guessed it was too heavy metal and not good times enough for the band, who would be working with producer Bruce Fairburn on the album. There were also some other issues. The album had other collaborative material with artists with a bit more market cachet than Paul Stanley commanded during the period, particularly Notorious, a co-write with John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora. There was also Hometown Hero, written with Brian Adams. Both of those acts had enjoyed spectacular success in the years immediately preceding 1987, just compare Slippery When Wet, or Reckless, commercially, to Kiss's Asylum, without any offense to Kiss. And no offenses intended. That the song was excluded by Loverboy was simply a matter of technicalities. The Brian Adams pen Draw the Line was also pitched to and rejected by Mike Reno for the album. But it is interesting to consider that the song came to Dean while he was writing with John and Richie in New Jersey. He recalled to the High Wire days in 2018 that halfway through that writing session, Desmond Child showed up and shared a demo of Sword and Stone, suggesting that he pitch it to Mike Reno. Having used several external songwriters or songs, the band were cognizant about how the songs would sound when recorded or performed live by themselves. And Mike Reno couldn't sing the pitch of the song, and he didn't like the pitch, so it wasn't used. If he didn't feel that it was his style, it simply wasn't going to get done, and again, no insult was intended to anyone. The Wild Side album was released around the same time as Crazy Nights, so with the song seemingly assigned elsewhere, Paul Stanley may simply have moved on to working on material that he and Nevison felt better met the goals for the project. And anyway, the timeline was far too short for anything else to be done with the song. Kiss entered the studios in March 1987 to start recording their album. Loverboy's guitarist, Paul Dean, decided that he was going to use the song himself. 
He was already working on a solo album, and Sword in Stone wasn't the only song discarded or rejected by Loverboy that he co-opted for what he described as his tougher, less pop-oriented album, one that de-emphasized keyboards. His solo album, Hardcore, was released on January the 10th, 1989, and this song served as its lead-off track. issued as a supporting single, reaching number 27 on Billboard's Album Rock Tracks chart. A video directed by Nigel Dick went into rotation on MTV in February. It had been filmed at Nigel's place and the Park Plaza Hotel the first week of December 1988. Dean dialed back the guitar soloing as the central theme of the song, instead interpreting it more as a straightforward from-the-gut rock song. He also made some subtle melodic changes to make it more his song rather than simply a recording of another artist's song. Dean certainly wasn't bothered by the use of material such as Sword and Stone or other externally sourced songs. He told Billboard, as long as you have your heart in the song, it doesn't matter who writes it. Sword and Stone was positively received by radio stations and in Canada in particular, where the single made the CanCon singles charts reaching 24 in March 1989. It was also noted as one of the standout tracks on the album in many reviews, with one such noting, by the single Skip the Album. Paul Dean wasn't the only person that Desmond Child shopped the song to. Another band recorded the song around the same time, the German group Bonfire, with their Desmond Child produced recording for the Wes Craven Shocker No More Mr. Nice Guy movie soundtrack. Child, Gary Falcone, and Teresa Straley provided background vocals on that recording. Bonfire first broke in the United States at a time when the bands such as Victory, Warlock, and The Mighty Halloween were emerging. They also had several years of experience recording and touring domestically. Their 1987 album, Fireworks, produced by Michael Wagner, had done very well, moving 350,000 copies worldwide, even with minimal support from their US label, RCA. It also benefited from the exposure of touring with Europe and Judas Priest. SBK Records had won the rights to the soundtrack, and it would be the label's first release of that type. They took the opportunity to provide what their vice president at the time described as a multi-formatted record to generate sales outside of the crossover of the horror film fans with a large all-star cast of metal music participants. Co-production by Desmond Child also didn't hurt, nor did appearances by the likes of Paul Stanley, Tommy Lee, Vivian Campbell, Megadeth, Soraya, and Voodoo X. It was a mutually beneficial relationship. Axe got free press for their participation, and their participation helped get the word out about the movie and album. The soundtrack reached number 97 on the Billboard Top 200 album charts, while the movie grossed nearly $17 million during its domestic theatrical run. Yeah. 
Bonfire's track was released as a single in October 1989, paired with Soraya's Timeless Love, which was also written and produced by Desmond. At this time, Desmond was better known as a song co-writer and didn't get too many production opportunities. Unlike Paul Dean, they stayed faithful to the original arrangement and the late 1980s Guitar Hero style of the song. Their single was also complemented by a video directed by Penelope Spheris, which was generally performance-based, but also featured some clips from the movie. With the song becoming a fan favorite of the band's, Bonfire also included the live version on their Live in Wacken release in 2013. You've got to fight to keep your love alive. You In recent years in his role as the ambassador for the Kiss Unmasked era, Bruce Kulick has continued to hold aloft the torch for neglected material from his time in the band. One shocker occurred during the 2018 Kiss Cruise 8, where one of the many highlights he provided as the MVP for that cruise was a Crazy Nights medley, featuring bassist vocalist Zach Throne and a pair of Canadians, drummer friend Brent Fitz and the mighty Todd Kearns on lead vocals and guitars. The performance of that album's medley concluded with a taste of this gem. Bruce remained objective when summarizing the song for the Danger Zone book in 2018, commenting, quote, It's kind of cool that it got covered a few times. It's a good song. You've got Paul and Desmond's names attached to it, so that's an attractive thing. I really think Paul singing our version was the best. That's another one of those little gems that is unfortunately hidden from the masses, in a good way. But I just think that Nevison just didn't think he needed it for the record or didn't want to record it. I thought it was an obvious choice for Crazy Nights, but I think I have four co-writes, so I wasn't really crying. It could have been worse.
just the strong survive.